0: WDBM East Lansing.
1: You think the Pistons are playoff bound? Yeah, that last
2: no. play by the Giants totally
0: gave the Reds This MSU up. team deserves to be, a and it's still and always be you can't in a BCS game. I'm Alex Shark, your usual sports rap host, and the summer sports rap series continues. Bree Harvey and Derek Rantham host tonight. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. That's right, it's the Spartan Sports Wrap every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Sharg, your usual host that was with you during the last year and we are progressively moving towards our Impact Sports Department. So if you are interested in joining the Impact Sports team, feel free to come to the basement of Holden Hall at G4 and fill out an application and say you're interested in sports and we will get you hooked in. But for the last couple months, we've been getting to meet the new Impact Sports staff, and again, we have Bree Harvey and Derek Grantham who have been with us before, um, but have actually talked a little little bit more about some other sports. So tonight, they're going to be getting into volleyball recruits, the new basketball schedule, which I'm sure, after looking at them right now, it's pretty interesting, and they're also going to get into some football because it is just weeks away. So I'm going to leave it to them and hand them it's, up to, it's, it's, all, it's all you guys. Thank you, Alex.
3: Thanks, Alex. Hello, East Lansing and Brie Harvey alongside Derek. Hello. and Today we're just going to be talking about everything MSU, so I hope you're excited for that. Um, starting out with the men's basketball schedule, we did not get to the Big Ten schedule yet, but we do have the non-conference schedule right now, and they're going to be opening up on Friday, November 8th against McNeese State. And that's going to be a good game, making the first time the Spartans will actually open up at the Breslin since the 2010-11 season. So that'll be good. I know we're going to be playing Michigan on the road and at home. And um, Tom Izzo said it's difficult right from the beginning with games against Kentucky and North Carolina, so it should be an interesting season with our new recruits, Gavin Schilling and Alvin Ellis. Those are some pretty good guy- pretty good guys that we have coming up so yeah. alongside that
4: I'm excited for the season too I mean we're bringing back a lot of talent a lot of guys that were there last year who been a part of the offense for several years you're talking about Adrian Payne talking about Dawson and like all that experience is going to be good because I know that Michigan was uh, one of the teams that went to the finals last year and they lost a lot of talent and going into this year I think the Spartans are going to be the uh, Big Ten favorite so
3: hopefully and um Talking about basketball on that subject, the women's team already has recruits for the 2014 season. We have Lexi Gusser and Jasmine Lumpkin. They're both two great players. Um, Lexi is from Forest Park High School and Jasmine's from Joliet Catholic Academy. And um, Lexi is actually a triple threat. She has passing, shooting, and court sense. So that is something that MSU has lacked in the past season. So hopefully she can take us to a championship. Um, she was Michigan's class D player of the year too for 2012. So she played point guard. Huh?
4: Does she play point guard?
3: No, she, um, actually huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine.
4: Well, you said she had good court vision. Usually that's something that uh, a good point guard has to have, so yeah. I just thought I'd ask. I'm not really sure. Who Do you know who their point guard is for next year?
3: For next year, the yeah. point guard?
4: Mm. Huh. All right. <laughs> we'll just have
3: to <laughs> wait and see on that one. Um, Jasmine Lumpkin, we actually have her sister, too, Kendra, so getting a double package right there, the Lumpkin sisters, coming in.
4: A little sibling that's gonna rivalry. That's going to be
3: great. Yeah, that will be some sibling rivalry. Hopefully it will push them to play against each other and – have a little Sylvan rivalry on the court too. That'd be nice. That'd be Perfect. nice. Perfect. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, guys are actually pushed aside Tennessee, Illinois, Connecticut, and Marquette to come to State. Oh,
4: really? Right. And
3: Lumpkin had almost twenty-five scholarship offers, and she chose State. So that's pretty great.
4: I mean, MSU's got a great basketball program. I mean, legacy with both coaches, not just Tom Izzo, but we got a good thing going right now.
3: Yep. Um, and coming up right now is the Green and White volleyball game for volleyball. That's going to be on August 24th at Jenison. So that's something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And um, that's great. Volleyball is actually ranked 14th um, right now for for the preseason poll by um, the American Volleyball Coaches Association. And that's actually the highest preseason ranking that they've had since the 1997 season. So Mm. we'll have to see how this one goes. we got five new recruits that are... The tallest things you would ever stand next to, <laughs> literally. Just
4: looking like trees out there. Now, see, oh, I'd yeah. N- never really stood next to a, a volleyball player before. I usually pride myself on my volleyball abilities on the sand court. But <laughs> I would probably get really embarrassed if I tried to play against one of those girls. So, not even I- gonna try. Do you know how tall they are exactly? Or?
3: Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, Chloe Raining is 6'4, oh, Alyssa Fitter six 6'2. Brooke Cranda, six six, Autumn Christensen, six four, and Megan Thompson, six four. And in MSU volleyball history, the three tallest players that we've ever had were 6'4". 6'4"? Six, four.
4: six four. And we Yeah. Have how many over and six four right now?
3: Right now we have three players of that height, plus one coming in at 6'6". Six, six.
4: Oh jeez.
3: Yep, and at six two. So this should be a great season for volleyball. They had a great season last year and um they have a great coach, Kathy George. Literally, she's the second coach in MSU history to get over 500 wins. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that really says something about the volleyball program right there. And um, they went undefeated last season through four weekends of competition.
4: Oh, wow. Okay, so they're probably going to be looking for a national championship this oh, year yes. then, maybe?
3: Yep, for sure. Um, and we have a, a lot of their players have been improving. Alexis Matthews, she improved her game offensively, which is really good. Um. She's really versatile. She can play in multiple positions, which is what we need right now. Instead of just having them stick to one position, they are playing multiple ones, which is really good for their team. And well, both of their captains are returning from last season. so. Just Should like be. the
4: MSU basketball team, a lot of experience returning.
3: Yes, so- yes.
4: So what part of the MSU basketball season, kind of, I'm I'm getting away from the volleyball a little bit, what part of Michigan State basketball are you looking forward to the most? Because we were just talking about it before we actually aired, about the upcoming games that are coming up. Like, obviously, non-conference games. There's McNeese, like you said. There's Kentucky, uh, November 12th, North Carolina, December 4th, at Texas, December 21st. And, of course, against Georgetown at Madison Square Garden the day before the Super Bowl. Like, which one of those games, because those are the ones that are kind of highlighted. Obviously, there's other ones, but like out of those games, which one are you looking forward to going to the most?
3: Probably the Georgetown game. I'm going to be excited to watch that one just because it's Super Bowl Saturday, and I think that they're going to have a very, very, very good matchup and talent, too. So that's going to be good. That and Michigan is always one of my favorite oh, games, yeah. especially since they lost some of their key players, and we only lost Nick, so we have... They have all of the, like, they're good players returning, so. Weren't you
4: saying that you went to that Michigan game last year at the Breslin?
3: Yes, yes, I did actually. I got to work in the Southeast Bleacher opening, which is where the home team runs in and out of. So it was oh, so. epic standing on the court, getting to watch the game unfold. The zone was so full of energy. Like, you could just see the expressions on Tom Izzo's face, the players. you literally like their sweat dripped on me <laughs> it was insane it was epic
4: wa- i was i remember watching that game on tv and it just like i don't know just like the, the like you just said the uh, the stands were going crazy like it was like one of the hardest fought games that i've seen Michigan state ever play because i think with that game, there's so much pride that goes into it because not just the fact that it's a rivalry, but like, let's just be honest. Michigan's been beating Michigan State in football for several years, and we've yes. <laughs> we've we've kind of asserted ourselves as the MSU like as these like as the team in the state of Michigan for basketball. Like Michigan has always been behind us for the longest time. I mean, before I'm. I'm this is like since the final four days, i mean, sorry, the uh, Fab Four, five, Fab Five? Yeah, the Fab five, five in 1990s <laughs> yeah. with like Chris Webber and all them. But since then, Michigan State's just dominated Michigan. So like, And then, obviously, Michigan had a good run last year, but we were just talking about the experience that uh, MSU is going to have coming into this season, and Michigan lost a ton of guys. So I think, well, actually, do you think Michigan's going to be the favorite heading into the Big Ten with the schedule that they have, or do you think it's going to be a little bit tough?
3: I think Michigan State's going to be the favorite. Okay. I mean, Michigan has always kind of prided themselves on being the favorite because we're a little brother, apparently. Yeah. But Wasn't it no- Mike
4: Hart who said that? What? I think it was Mike Hart who said that. He was a <laughs> running back for Michigan at the time. And what a great career he's having in the NFL. I think he's retired by now. I think he's been in the NFL for like seven seasons, so nice. That's a
3: pretty good run for him, yeah.
4: <laughs> it was actually pretty terrible. I don't think he ever cracked the starting lineup once, so nice call, Mike. <laughs>
3: Poor kid. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. <laughs> um, I really, really, really think that this year is going to be the year for basketball mm-hmm. for both women's and men's. Oh, really? Yes, both women's and men's, but especially men's basketball. I mean, all of them are returning. Payne not going into the NBA. Keith staying. Like we're going to have a good team.
4: Absolutely. So you just brought up uh, Keith Appwing and Payne. Um, your X factor for both teams for them to actually win the Big Ten title not just like the men and the like sorry not just the men but the women as well who do you think needs to play that pivotal role for
3: like the women yeah for
4: the women and the men who do you think needs to step up for them to take their game to the next level like to actually be championship contenders
3: huh Uh, Clarissa Bell is our best player on the women's team and she just goes to work every single game that she plays and I really think she's competing at a really good level right now, but she could step it up a little bit. She's a great defensive player. She's really on key with that. Jasmine um, Jasmine Hines is great, too, so I feel like she's going to be a key factor in them getting anywhere, too. So yeah. with them, too, having Maddie come back from injury, Madison Williams, she's back from injury practicing with the team, and Tori Janikowska, is um, the new recruit that they got for this season, and she's a great player. So I think they're going to really have a good team this year. And for the men's team, obviously Adrian Payne. I mean, he played in Russia yep. for the USA basketball team. That's pretty big. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a key factor. I mean, he's his rebounding is phenomenal, and his court sense is really good and losing Nick's underneath the basket is going to be a tough one, but we have Gavin Schelling and Alvin Ellis coming onto our team too, so I really think this team's going to be great this season.
4: Now, with you bringing up Adrian Payne earlier and you talking about his game and like him uh, playing for Team USA during the summer, do you think he's going to be able to, I don't know, I guess, better his game in the post and be more of that post presence, or do you think he's going to still be that guy who's going to spread out the offense from the three-point line?
3: Um. It's hard to say, but I'm predicting that he's just gonna spread it out like he always has been. I mean, he's always good at that and why change now if it's mm-hmm. worked in the past?
4: Why, well, yeah, why fix something that ain't broke? I hear you. Yep. <laughs> who, who who do you think's gonna be the post guy then? If they don't have that guy down there with Nick's gone, like I, I was looking at the roster just a little bit ago, and I I was looking over like how big certain guys were, and I I who do you think who do you think person's gonna step up in the post?
3: Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, Adrian Payne possibly could do it. Gavin Schilling possibly could do it. There's just a bunch of options that Tom Izzo has. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. I mean, Tom, I mean, Izzo with having a bunch of options for it is always better than just sticking to one person. So we'll have to see what he comes up with.
4: You said the it best. It's Izzo. He's going to find a way no oh, matter
3: obviously. what. Oh, obviously. It's Izzo. There you exactly. Go.
4: And then Gary Harris as well. We didn't really even talk about him. Gary Harris yeah. coming into his sophomore year. I talked to a lot of people who thought Gary Harris was actually going to leave after last year. Yeah, because of the season of, that he had. But A lot of people thought he there.
3: was going to leave, but he stayed, Keith Appling stayed, like, those are the two that people thought we were going to leave, too, and they ended up surprising us and staying, which is going to be great for this season. We'll just have to see how it unfolds.
4: Oh, absolutely. Just the experience alone, and yeah, the fresh, the, the backcourt's going
3: to be phenomenal. I'm very I mean, excited. yeah, Harris, that was his freshman year. Yeah. Like, he still has a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Even though he's great, he still has a lot to learn on and off the court, and I really think that playing with players like Adrian Payne and like Keith Appling and just all the experienced players on the team will really shape him because switching from playing college to NBA is really two different worlds, just like switching from high school to colleges. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of adjustments, and you're not really going to be successful if you only have one season of it.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, Adrian Payne now. So he last year he he he's obviously one of the more athletic guys that we have on the team. He showed flashes during his freshman year and during parts of his sophomore year, but a lot of people said during the NCAA tournament he kind of regressed offensively. Like he didn't, he wasn't taking the most uh, the most smart shots, and like there was a lot of times like he kind of disappeared offensively. Where do you think he's going to be in this offense next season?
3: I think with him being one of the most experienced players on the team and him just his experience playing in Russia too, really feel like he's going to step up offensively. I mean, he has to. Mm-hmm. He really has to. You can't just regress like that when people know the talent that you have. Mm-hmm. And Izzo is not easy on the players. Still, he's a great coach, but he will not put up with that. I know yeah. that for a fact. And I know he's not going to want to get benched, so he's going to have to step it up or... He doesn't really have another choice.
4: I would just like to correct myself real quick. I meant to say Brandon Dawson and not oh. Adrian Payne. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Brandon Dawson, how do you think he's going to do this <laughs> year?
3: Dawson. So, um, <laughs> no, he's the talking. really
4: athletic dude who kind of does. I'm sorry. I kind of went in a totally different direction. I'm Like, wait a second. I said the just wrong name. let me name. go on
3: a tangent about <clears> Adrian <throat> Payne. No big well, deal. Well, I didn't want to
4: stop you when you started. Everything was going well. Brandon Dawson, though. Excuse me. So sorry. What about him? How do you think he's going to do this season?
3: I haven't really seen a lot from Brandon Dawson. I mean, he's a great player, and he's there, but he's not normally one of the players that people rave about.
4: That's what I was talking about, like his athletic ability. is definitely he's there. He's great.
3: He's got a really, really high basketball IQ. He's really great on the court, but I just see him as... I mean, to play in college, you have to... Be good to begin with, and he's phenomenal. But he doesn't really have court presence.
4: Oh, okay, yeah.
3: Like I don't hear a lot about him ever. That's I we- see, I see it from him, but he he does what needs to be done to get the game taken care of. But he's not some crazy like out of whack player
4: which is so crazy though cuz he's that one dude that steps onto the court and he looks like an NBA player like the NBA oh. body he's massive and he's so athletic when he runs on the court he's so fast he can jump like extremely high he's got ups <laughs> yeah he's he's an insane athlete and it's like you i when we when he first showed up as freshman year i I thought like he was just going to be uh, like the uh, Jason Richardson type of player that he before he obviously got drafted by the Golden <laughs> State Warriors but yeah. still that athletic type of guy who would control the offense and be the go-to guy and um he kind of disappeared a little bit but he's still an amazing athlete regardless.
3: Oh yeah, the thing that they just have to watch out for is their turnovers. Mm-hmm. And then they should be good. But that last season that's what really killed them is Turning the ball over, over and over again, just basically handing that to them.
4: Do you think with that experience though, and having another year under their belts as like a core unit together, obviously minus Derek Nix, do you think those uh, um, turnovers will be eliminated?
3: They're gonna have to. If they're gonna go anywhere, I mean, we made it that f- they made it that far, but they're gonna have to really watch their turnovers and collectively as a team just pay attention to the passing and get open, and just really, really get out there and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing because I know Izzo was talking about how he's not going to put up with it. Like They're a really good team. They mm-hmm. have a lot of talent on it, and they're really diverse, and for them to be turning the ball over that much is just unacceptable.
4: Oh, absolutely. Now, this is going to be a, a random, random question because you probably don't know this, and neither do I. When Do you know when the rankings for college basketball actually come out?
2: I have
3: no are, are they already
4: ranked already? I'm not
3: really sure. <laughs> I feel like they have to be already be ranked because the season's already over.
4: Oh, oh, you mean for basketball or for football?
3: Well, which one are we talking about? I'm talking about, about
4: basketball. I'm oh, sorry. Are okay. they ranked already? The basketball team?
3: That's a good question. Go on scottyreport.com well, and tell I me. Well, I should
4: actually, and I, but I don't know. But just by, the, just by the way, like all the people that are there returning, they're going to definitely be a top five team, you think, right?
3: Right? Mm, no. No. <laughs> no.
4: Okay, I'm sorry. I guess I'm wrong. I, <laughs> my expectations are really lofty for the season. Obviously,
3: I, I, everybody hopes that they're going to be top five. They could be, but right now I don't see it happening. But that's my own opinion. That's your opinion. I could be completely wrong. It's a terrible
4: opinion, I must say. <laughs> I'm. Sorry. My opinion is much better. They're going to be number one overall.
3: There you go. <laughs> there you <we> go. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about how MSU has good defense. Um, switching over to football, switching gears here. Um, they have a really, really, really great defense. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's ranked like in the top ten for the Big Ten. Yep, I think it might be number two. I think actually. it was ranked
4: number four in the nation. Actually, in overall, in the nation. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So eleven of the starters. Obviously, they. Um, I think they're they, they're losing only four. Out uh, the return that the like I think. Oh, Obviously Golston's gone their defensive end. But there's so many different players that could come up and actually contribute minus Golston and uh obviously below is back and he's actually one of the award uh think Nagursky award watch list. So there's several different people that are gonna be available like that are gonna be there. So yeah, exactly. Seven returning starters, they're gonna be fine on defense.
3: That's crazy, and I heard they already have a 2015 recruit.
4: They do actually that quarterback out of Cass University, and obviously it's in 2015, so <laughs> it's going to be a while until he comes. But on Wednesday, Michigan State actually hosted over 40 prospects for the classes of 2015, 2016, and 2017, and that's 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 how recruiting works nowadays. And before, like a coach would go out with his scouts and they would scout a couple guys like that were in their senior year. But nowadays, you have coaches. For instance, I think Nick Saban was one of the original people who actually like started this, and he would start recruiting junior hires as soon as like they showed a little bit of potential. He would jump on them to get the first like the first uh, chance at like signing these guys. And I think that's what Michigan State's doing right now too, is by able to like recruiting this freshman and bringing him in. And the kid's an absolute athlete. His name is uh, Jairu Campbell. From Detroit Cass Tech, and he's an athletic uh, quarterback. He's six foot three, one hundred ninety pounds. Jeez. He runs a four. He runs a four five forty in two consecutive years. He's a, he's almost owned for three thousand yards, and he started since his freshman year. So he has two years left, and he's already a four star recruit. So
3: that is insane. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But good for Michigan State football. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. They need that. Yes. I'm, I'm, not,
4: I'm not trying to rip on the the quarterbacks that we have now, but for the longest time I've always felt like that Michigan State has needed that athletic quarterback, the one that could actually make plays out of the pocket. Because, I mean, obviously Kirk Cousins was an amazing quarterback for us, but there was always that, you know, like when the pocket collapsed, what was going to happen, and he would throw some arid passes that would turn into turnovers. We saw against the Iowa game uh, a few years back where – I think we get, went into that game, I think, top 15, and we actually just got beat down by, like, 30 points. And it was because of the play of the quarterback. Not just the quarterback, but the offensive line, too. And that's where a mobile quarterback actually comes in handy because if you need to, to escape from the pocket, I mean, it's it's good to have speed. It's always I good. I mean,
3: compared to last year, they definitely have their options this year. Damian Terry, Tyler O'Connor, Tyler O'Connor Connor Cook, and Maxwell, obviously, mm-hmm. returning – but Maxwell played it safe last year. He really did play it safe. I mean, playing pro-style, he literally he would throw the lowest yardage. He just played it safe. And mm-hmm. we need somebody that's just going to get out there and take chances because that's what we really, really need. And that's D'Antonio was talking about how the um, football team just lost in inches. And I mean, they were 7-6. Mm-hmm. The record was 7-6 last year. And they... Literally just inches, like, last seconds in games is where they would really just lose it. And that cannot happen this season for them. It really can't. I mean, Cook has a really good arm, so that's good for him. He has a good arm, and he actually passes it far and takes chances. Mm -hmm. So we need somebody like that. I'm not passionate on Maxwell because... I could never play. I could never play <laughs> that a, position. It's but. one of the
4: hardest positions to play yes. in all of sports. Is the quarterback position? I mean, you're the general of your offense, if not just the entire team. And I, I'm not going to begin to rip on uh, Maxwell for the play he had last year because I think a lot of the a lot of the bad play wasn't just on him. I, I mean, obviously, because you're the quarterback, you're the focal point of the offense. You are the mo You are the brightest. Light in the in the spotlight. I mean, that's the fact of the matter. It is it's just like if you're the quarterback and you're losing, you're gonna get the blame for it. But a lot of people don't take into consideration the fact that the receivers were dropping balls. Oh they were, yes, they were. <laughs>
3: so many incomplete passes. It, it, w- it
4: was awful. Like how many times did they get pressured in that like that bowl game that they won versus TCU? But like I think Maxwell actually got knocked out that game because he got hurt. <laughs> And it's just like if you can't protect the quarterback, he's not going to have the confidence to drop back in the pocket oh. and throw a deep ball. Which, which I do Probably agree. Probably why you, he
3: started playing it safe.
4: Yeah. Which, I, 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 but I agree with you. I think they do have to take chances. And what you just said is absolutely right. Because if you don't take chances, I and mean, you're just doing like little dump off screens and like uh, uh, draw plays up the middle with Le'Veon Bell, and that's another problem. You don't have Le'Veon Bell to like. It's going to be hard this year for their offense to start cooking. So but I'm interested to see how they do because they got a young team and a hungry team as uh I think Connor Cook said they're going to be playing off with a uh angry mentality. I kind of kept that PG because he said like they 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 have a lot of expectations to live up to and a lot of people don't think that they're going to be good this year and that's why he says they're going to be playing angry this year.
3: Oh yeah, I mean and D'Antonio and all the other coaches are watching them constantly. Like They're having the new freshmen do reps, too, at practices Mm -hmm. right now. And just really, they have to give it their all. And they have to make sure that they're getting the best reps that they can get because they're competing for that one position. And D'Antonio said that he doesn't have a problem playing two quarterbacks in the beginning of the season just to see how it is. Like There's not going to be one set quarterback. The quarterback is going to be decided on Saturday when they play the game. Like, that's just how it's going to be. And, I mean, Maxwell, at the press conference that they had um, last Monday, um, said, literally, he said the competition factor really drives him. He said, it's giving it your best, or else you're going to be replaced by the big players. He said, competition never hurt anyone. It brings out the best in people. It gives, like, the game an element of excitement. And he said, nothing's handed to you. Like, you have to work for it. Mm -hmm. But... Like that's not him. Like going for himself, he said. Like at the end of the day, we all have MSU on our chest. We're not here for an individual win. We're here to make it to another Rose Bowl.
4: I I can see where he's coming from, but at the same time, you gotta have that mentality where you think you're the best. I mean, if you're gonna be the best, you have to at least think that. I mean, he has to have that cocky swagger of a boxer who's going into the ring before a fight. He's gonna he 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 wants he wants to win the starting job, but the problem is what you're talking about about D'Antonio saying that it's going it 's going to come to the last minute their decision and that really really bothers me a lot because if you have if if' you're, if your coach is saying that you have three different starting quarterbacks, that means you have zero you have zero starting quarterbacks on your team because if you have not made the decision yet who's going to be the field general who's going to run your team on offense you, you you're not going to have a good year at with the quarterback position, which is I, I'm being pessimistic here, and I wish I wouldn't be because, like, I want Michigan State to be good, and I think it, their defense is going to be phenomenal. But like, they need to solve this quarterback so this quarterback problem.
3: Oh, yeah, but I I don't think it's a problem. No, I like that they're having four. Like, they have four options to choose from. That's mm-hmm. better because, I mean, throwing just Andrew in there last year with no experience and just having have him perform really, really screwed the team Mm -hmm. like he had all that pressure like that you're talking about you're in the limelight like you're the key person that everybody blames it on if the play goes bad like and I mean him just having to walk in Kirk Cousins shoes to begin with and then being thrown in there with little to no experience at all is just really not the best idea that I can think of I mean that's why I like that they have four options to choose from and granted like they might be younger but it's good like you have to have time in order to mature playing from high school to college i mean in college they hit harder like they play harder they have more plays to think about you're out there like longer and
4: playbooks like a phone book oh yeah it just gets worse by the time you get a professional group sorry that's besides the point anyways
3: no really (laughs) like playing that's i think that's what they're like having to adjust to, and then imagine being Maxwell, having to adjust to all that, not having cousins there to, like, even guide you, to, like, help you out, like, like all the other positions have, and then just being thrown out there and being asked to perform, like, at that level.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and they did throw him into the fire, and it was a bad situation because, like, they lost a lot of talent on offense, and even this year, they're talking about starting a redshirt freshman at left tackle, which the left tackle, if, if people don't know and they don't watch football too much, left tackle is the most important position on the offensive line, if not like the entire team. Obviously, I said the quarterback is earlier, but the left tackle is just as important because if you're a right-handed quarterback and you drop into the pocket to make a pass, like your back is turned to the left side, so that uh, that defensive end that's coming around the corner from that left-hand side, you you better have a good left tackle to protect you. And it's it's kind of worrisome that they're starting a, a a freshman at left tackle, but at the same time, they obviously have faith in the guy. So. It's going to be an interesting season for MSU. Like I know, we were talking about the defense at the um, at the beginning of this conversation. The defense is going to be there no matter what. Seven oh. returning starters at a at a top five nationally ranked defense. They're going to be awesome next year, regardless. But the offense, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform this year with the with a new with maybe a new quarterback. Maybe it's going to be someone else. That you never know. And then there's a new running back. There's the receivers that are going to be adjusting. It's going to be an interesting year for MSU. I'm very excited though.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, and D'Antonio said, like, that he's going to do his best to play the best, like, player that gives the team the best chance to win. So it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior. If you're giving the team the best chance to win, he will play you. No,
4: Absolutely. So
3: that literally just right there puts a chip on your shoulder if you're competing for it because you're constantly having to watch your back, watch what you do. Like, you have one bad practice. And it's not like you're the set quarterback like Maxwell was like you have one bad practice and you're like already thrown into the lions like and they're going to keep an eye on you for it because yeah. if you have one bad practice you could have one bad game and mm-hmm. then one bad game just literally hurts the chances of going to Rose Bowl
4: Exactly it's it's crazy in football cuz it's such a short season so like in baseball, basketball, you know, hockey, all these other sports but if you lose one game in football like it could drastically affect your season like no matter what so you're absolutely right and it's going to be interesting to see how this quarterback battle plays out. But I think I like the way you're looking at this, the glass half full kind of concept. Like, I'm thinking of it negatively because I, I'm a Lions fan, so please forgive me. I've, I've, seen, I've seen instances in the past where it's like, oh, we have like three quarterbacks we can go with. And then it turns out like every single one of them suck. And it's, and it's at the end of the year we're 4-12 and 12, and I'm depressed and unhappy. and It's just like, I hope that's not the Spartans year this year.
3: I mean, well, honestly, only time will tell. Mm. But the Spartans do have so many options. I mean, the wide receiver isn't set, right?
4: No. No, I mean... So
3: I I feel like he's holding out on that one, just like he's holding out on the quarterback. But they've set the linebackers and the cornerback. So, I mean, it's really all up to D'Antonio. And he's he's a great
4: coach. He's a fantastic coach. So he's going to put the pieces together to make sure that we put the best talent available on the field. It's just... At this point, I mean, it's just it's it's scary. But like you, what you were talking about earlier about the receivers just a second ago. There's a there is a group of guys that they're actually looking at. There's Tony Triplett, who's uh, t- excuse me, Tony Lippett, what? who's <laughs> in his soft- excuse me, I'm so sorry, <laughs> Tony Lippett, who's in his sophomore year, and uh, they just need someone to step up and like be that guy who can stretch the field like you were talking about earlier, so we can actually uh, sit, take some pressure off uh, Riley Bolo. Riley, Riley, Riley Bola. Riley Bola, yes. Yep.
3: The, the amazing Bola brothers. <laughs> the
4: amazing Bola brothers. His brother plays middle linebacker, right? Max?
3: Yep, yep. him, yes. him, and then Danigos Allen, linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, got a pretty good team here.
4: Yeah, oh, absolutely. The defense is going to be there, so absolutely.
3: You just have to have the offense show up, ready to play. Indeed. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be shocking to watch and see who they're going to... I don't know, are they going to announce it like be- the night before? Like... How are we gonna know who the quarterback is? Are just gonna show up to the game and see what he puts on the field?
4: Just as soon as yeah, as soon as they uh, <laughs> start on offense for the first time, and everybody's gonna be on yeah, the like, edge of their seat, the like binocular seat, who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll announce it before the season actually starts. I don't, hopefully, because then, well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it'll catch the other team off guard. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even. Do you know who they play in the first week of the season?
3: For the first week of the season, yeah. Um. Well, the first game is. The 30th of August, and it's against Northwestern. Oh, it's
4: against Northwestern? Yeah. Is it at home? Yes, it is. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. I have <laughs> no idea whether if they were home or away.
3: So. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's home, and um, yeah, it's August 30th.
4: August 30th.
3: Yep, it's a Friday game.
4: It's a Friday game? A day yeah. after your birthday, you said?
3: Yes, the day oh, after my birthday. You
4: might be able to celebrate a Michigan State win the day after your birthday. That
3: would be awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that that would be the best birthday present ever. <laughs> but, hopefully. But, we're on the Spartan Sports Wrap right now. I'm Bree Harvey, alongside my co-host Derek. Hello. Hello, oh, and feel free to call in at any time to discuss any topic you want. We're talking MSU sports right now. Number is 517-432-3893, and we will see you after the break. You're listening to Impact
0: Exposure. More variety than you'll hear on any other station. Listen to The Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang, torch and twang. brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. Prime you wouldn't send a text
1: while using a chainsaw.
0: Check out these pics of this huge tree fall. Oh!
1: You probably wouldn't text while scuba diving. And
0: you definitely wouldn't send a text while making out. You are so smoking hot. I love your elbows. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Huh? I need to send this. OMG. I'm like totally kissing him right now.
1: Dude, what the f? <laughs> so, why would you send a text while driving? <laughs>
3: Well, that's different.
1: That's what about 6,000 people who died last year said. Oh. And now, it's illegal in Michigan to read, type, or send any text from your phone while driving. It's a $100 fine for the first offense and $200 after that. Ouch. Check out Michigan House Bill 4394. Be a part of the solution and save a life. And seriously, put the phone away while you're making out.
3: Aw, come back, cuddle bunny. You need help. 88.9 The Impact.
1: Now, back to
0: Impact Exposure.
3: Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap. I'm Bree Harvey alongside my co-host, Derek, and we're talking all MSU right now. Just covered some volleyball, talking about their recruits. They have the tallest recruiting class since 1997, and it's insane. They have girls that won six six girl, one, six, two, and three, six, four girls, which is crazy because height is everything in volleyball. And um, the green and white games coming up on August 24th, the scrimmage for MSU volleyball, covered a little bit about that, talked a little bit about MSU basketball and how this season's going to look for them, getting Gavin Schilling and Alvin Ellis. The women's basketball team got two new recruits for the 2014 season, Lexi Gusser and Kendra Lumpkin and Jasmine Lumpkin sorry three got the two Lumpkin sisters going <laughs> on there <laughs> and we were just talking about MSU football so
4: yes good conversations
3: yes it was if you missed <laughs> it sorry about it but we'll do some recaps We're just talking about the new recruits that they had there and then the four possibilities for quarterback we're not going to know until the Saturday game day which is frustrating but d'antonio is a man of many secrets
4: <laughs> indeed he is um i'm gonna get back to uh the msu football team real quick like so we were talking about the defense earlier and there's a couple guys that because uh, we were talking about deshaun golson leaving and we were talking about the uh seven starters that michigan state actually are getting back and the four that we lost sorry they lost pardon me <laughs> Lawrence Thomas is one of the guys that you sh- that we, we we should keep our eyes on as fan, and so is Shalit Calhoun. Shalit Calhoun is a defensive end, and he has that prototypical size for a defensive end. He's six foot four, he's two hundred fifty pounds, and his teammates selected him um, over returning starter Marcus Rush in a uh, player draft before the Green and White Spring Game. So. We know that his teammates have confidence in him, so if he can get the job done at the next level, it's going to be really interesting to see. But the thing that I'm nervous about with these new defense events, because like, like I said, Marcus Rush is going to be returning, but I think he's probably going to be playing the right-hand side, so that means that Shelley Calhoun would be paying the left. And he's going to be going up against guys like Taylor Lewan. Uh, the the offensive tackle from Michigan, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be it's gonna be a really test, really big test for him to see if he can get actually pressure on the quarterback because it's a really important to make sure he can get that pressure on the quarterback because when when the pocket collapses for a quarterback, it obviously makes it much harder to find the receivers that he needs. So it's it's a huge part of the process to be able to win games is how you win games is up front with the defensive line and the offensive line. If you can create pressure and avoid pressure, that's how you're gonna win games.
3: Yeah, and you are talking about Taylor Lawan. He's coming in at 6'8 and 309 pounds. He's a big guy. He is big, and he's like a quarterback security blanket. I oh, mean, yeah. in addition to security in the blind side, he creates like a well play side for his quarterback to run around, and he also cleans up the backside, which is crazy. It's the exact job that he needs to do, so we're really going to have to watch out for that. Mm. And, I mean... Going up against Michigan is always tough for Michigan State just because of that sibling rivalry that is so-called has little brother brother and big brother. But, (laughs) yeah, I mean, they literally, you just have to spread them out. Michigan, you have to spread them out. They struggle against unconventional sets, and anything that puts playmakers out on the perimeter where they can't take tackle speed literally just makes them go crazy.
4: Oh, absolutely. And he would have been actually Taylor Wan, He was uh, projected to be a top five pick last year in the draft because he's a. I think he's going into his senior year this year, and he actually decided to come back. And so, the thing that actually scares me about the Big Ten this year is Ohio State's officially bowl eligible. Uh, Nebraska, they had a good recruiting class last year, and uh, Michigan, obviously, I think they were ranked top five in recruiting last year as well. So Michigan always seems to get the guys that they need for football. And what we were talking about earlier with Michigan state, taking that extra step and like recruiting younger guys, more, more so than just like focusing on the senior and junior classes, of uh, 2013 and 2014, they'd like dove deep into fifth, 2015, 2016, 2017, because they have they realize what it takes to actually keep up in today's college football. Because people are recruiting at younger age now on, then uh, Michigan, in order to get a step on them, we actually have to start recruiting deeper, and it's going to be tough though to keep up with them in football because Brady Hoke is getting a lot of attention there in Ann Arbor. So
3: yes, yeah, so he is, but I mean with Jake Ryan Turner his. ACL this spring <laughs> don't want to say anything about that but that really helps out the conference it's knocking true. out Michigan <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: it was a big loss for them but then again they have they have talent all over the field except for at wide receiver. Kind of the same problem that Michigan State has. They don't have that go to guy like they usually do. Like how many times do we remember Braylon Edwards and Steve Breston or uh, Mario Manningham going deep and burning the uh, Spartan secondary? They don't have a guy like that this year. And Devin Gardner, he's no longer sitting behind. Um, <laughs> he's no longer sitting behind Denard Robinson. This is his offense to run. It's going to be interesting to see how he does, but. Overall, I think the Legends division uh Legends and the Champions Division, I think that's what it is. I'm <laughs> not really sure. But anyways, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good season for the Big Ten. I'm looking forward to watching some Big Ten football. Just football in general, I'm excited to watch.
3: Oh yes. NFL and Yeah. <laughs> and MSU and Michigan and everything else in between. <laughs> you said you are a Lions fan, right?
4: Oh yes. Yes. I'm a huge Lions fan. But uh
3: So So how do you hold up when they don't perform
4: how do i hold up when the lions don't perform i just am often i'm a drama queen when the lions <laughs> lose it's terrible my uh i actually when i was i think eight years old i took a baseball and threw it through a window because i was so mad at the lions losing i'm a baby though when it comes to like the lions i know it's terrible <laughs>
3: it's but we have a violent one on our hands just, tonight. When, it be,
4: just when it comes to lions <laughs> football other than that i'm I'm a complete lover i'm sorry don't believe her. i'm it's true. Though. I, I go kind of crazy when they lose, but this year I'm excited. I say that every year, which sucks, because every year I'm like, "Oh, it's a new season. It's the Lions are going to be great." This and that. It's like every off season is like a, a new birth for like the, for the Lions' chances to be good. And it's like, oh no.
3: I don't know. I'm just hoping all Detroit sports really step it up and get out there. <laughs> well, you
4: said you're a huge basketball fan. Are you a Pistons fan?
3: Not so much, actually. No. I mean, with Chauncey Billups coming back, That's I'll huge. probably start watching them again. But... And then Rasheed
4: Wallace is their uh, <laughs> their coordinator now. And they yes. got Josh Smith, and they got Brandon Jennings. Sorry.
3: I'll probably start watching them again, but... Oh,
4: you should. It's going to be an amazing year. I don't
3: know. I just... I don't really keep up with that. I like I like college basketball.
4: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it just seems like in college basketball, there's just so much more effort that's put into the game. Like, you watch professionals, they're kind of just like, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to jack up this shot. And, like, in basketball, you, college basketball, you see, like, players, like, slapping the court and, like, putting, like, 100% effort on defense and in offense. So I, I understand that. But
3: I I mean, I'm close to a lot of the players on the team, and I've seen them cry before just from losses and from just stress and the love of the game. And it, you can really see, what like what you said, you can see the love of the game more in college. Mm. It might be because you're not getting paid as much. Yeah,
4: and, <laughs> and it's not to say that professional athletes don't give their all because that's not true. But like, I'm for like the superstar athletes like LeBron James and and Kevin, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, like you don't see Kevin that. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> you just don't really see that passion like exude out of them. It's kind of just like, oh, uh, I'm in it for myself. Like this is my I don't know. This is my world, and you're just living in it, kind of thing. <laughs>
3: I don't yes. know. I but, mean, what, when you're a celebrity like that, I would be too.
4: Yeah, I would too. Dang it, I would. I would. But whatever.
3: That, I mean, yeah. But and they're not juggling school on top of that,
4: which is true.
3: Student athletes, they do have it hard. They have to juggle school and being an athlete. I know that um, the football team, they have their um, they have their receivers out there literally every single day, just back and forth, back and forth, passing, and catching. And, They literally live, sleep, and breathe their sport. So it really just goes to show, like, yeah, in, like, professional sports, it's a lifestyle because that's your job. But, like, in college, you really just, you want to make it to the next level. So Mm -hmm. you have to put, you have to give it your all. You're competing against everybody.
4: So speaking of student athletes, we were actually talking about this before we went on air. Do you think student athletes should be paid? So like I cer- think, certain student athletes, certain ones. Like, for instance, like uh, because obviously college football and college basketball is such a a, a highly grossing sport. Do you, oh think, yeah. do you think those athletes should be paid or do you think they're compensated enough through what they get?
3: I mean, it can go both ways. Some could argue that they should be paid just because they don't have time to have a job to mm-hmm. actually work for money because they're literally... practicing, like, being a student-athlete. Like, you have to watch every single thing that you do. Like, you are not just representing yourself. You're representing the university. So you're constantly being watched. You're constantly being judged. Like, you don't really have a chance to get out there like a normal student and have a job and, like, have free time to actually do stuff. Like, it's stressful. And so I feel like on that aspect, yeah, like, getting their, like, getting scholarships for school, getting, like, their, um housing paid for and like meal plans and stuff. I feel like that sometimes could not be enough just because you have other stuff that you have to pay for. But then again, I mean, they literally bring in so much revenue for the university. Like there's millions of viewers that watch college football games, there's millions of viewers that watch college basketball. Like it brings in so much revenue like the apparel, like I don't know. I have a Kirk cousin's jersey like that has the number eight on it, like that I bought. So clearly, like but that brought. Of it in... doesn't
4: have his name on the back because that's no. illegal. Yeah,
3: yeah, it doesn't have his name on the back, but like everybody you have,
4: knows who it is. Everybody yeah, knows.
3: everybody knows that like, that's for him. Like yeah. it's not the same number for the quarterback every year. Like so, it just really you they bring in so much money to the school oh, that millions they and should, millions of
4: dollars. They
3: should be compensated. I feel like they should.
4: It's it's just such a touchy subject it because it really is because obviously there's there's NCAA rules and regulations and violations that like uh, pro- prohibit athletes getting paid and we were talking about Johnny Menzel and yeah. like how he how he might get suspended next year for signing autographs and like getting paid to sign autographs and then um a few years back at Ohio State when a few years back at Ohio State when uh, uh, I think it was Terrell Pryor and a bunch of his other teammates were selling memorabilia for like like championship rings, uh, the Big Ten championship rings, and they got suspended. And there's such like heavy, heavy fines and penalties for these players who are getting caught, like trying to get compensated a little bit, getting paid back for the things that they do on the field. It's it's it's. To me, it's 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 ridiculous how much money is actually brought in through college football, and we talk about professional football and the millions of dollars that athletes make. For instance, like Matthew Stafford, he's making upwards of twenty million dollars a season to play quarterback for the Detroit Lions, and meanwhile, there is I think college football is is that grosses more money than professional football does, and yet no one gets compensated for. It. And what happens to, like, a, a star athlete who's kind of just squeaking by in college? He's getting, like, C average grades, but yet he's he's eligible to play. And what if he tears his ACL, MCL, and L- LCL his final year and he can't play football ever again? What is he going to do? And it's like, you didn't get paid. Yeah, you got that education, but obviously you didn't take advantage of it because you spent most of your career, like, dedicating that to football or basketball. So.
3: I feel like I... I can't remember exactly who it was, but I heard of a case about a kid that got injured and they deemed him on a medical scholarship. Like, oh, no. So even though he got injured and he can't play anymore, they're still paying for his school.
4: Oh, wow. I'm going yeah. to have to look that up because I have I think it's, that Yeah, I think it
3: was football that well, I read that. I don't end.
4: doubt it. It's just I've never heard it before because usually you just hear about the bad stories about yeah. s- situations like that. When someone goes down, it's like, oh... No big deal. They're done. It's all right. Thank you for doing what you did for the university. But obviously, since you're injured, we don't need you anymore. But thanks. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah know. it's
3: really, really crazy. I took an um, ISS 328 class, the social science of sports, oh, and nice. it was like one of my favorite classes. We learned so much, but it is literally like the other side of sports and we talked about college football and it was literally like the fan bases and like how much revenue it actually brings in and it was really really crazy to see like the numbers that some of these universities get from their athletes and you Mm. think about it like you think about it like it's always one like it's the name of the university like you go there for like the sport so Mm. it's crazy but it looks like we have a caller excellent Hello. Hello, Spartan Sports Wrap. Who are we speaking with? Uh, my
2: name is Anthony. Anthony I'm... Brown. Anthony Brown. Oh! Well, hello there, Anthony well, Brown. Well, well, how Downtown are you doing? Anthony Brown. Yes, that is. That was my nickname back in high school. That was his name.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
4: I don't really know that. I just made that up.
3: Oh, nice.
2: So uh, I was calling in. I heard you guys were uh, talking about the Spartans uh, football team and uh, uh, Derek. It's actually the Legends and Lakers division. Um, thank you so much. I now, hate you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were about uh, the quarterback situation. You know, we saw Connor Cook at the end of last year in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, and I think a lot of people think that you know he should deserve a shot at starting. Do you guys think? Uh, I mean, it all all signs right now point to Maxwell getting a job. Uh, you know, just I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that.
3: We were we were touching on this earlier, but I mean. Derek was sitting there saying that he didn't like how you didn't know who was going to be the quarterback, and I said, oh, yeah. "I, I did like it. I do like there's a little element and excitement about it that you're not going to know until the Saturday of the game, like who he's going to pick." And he said he was going to start to. He has no problem starting two quarterbacks like at the beginning of the season, and I think that Terry's going to it's be terrible redshirted. Idea.
4: Terrible idea. I think
3: he's going to be redshirted, and yeah. I, I think that. Maxwell is really going to take the cake on this one. They're probably going to give, they're probably going to give Connor Cook some opportunity. But I really think all signs point to Maxwell right now.
2: Yeah, I think you know with Maxwell having the year of experience under his belt, I mean, it definitely had some bumps. But uh, you know, he may he may end up doing better this year. I mean, hopefully he does than he did last year.
3: Hopefully, as long as he just stops playing it safe, because all he does is play it safe, throws to the lowest yardage. Like he needs. You're a quarterback. Like you need to get out there and just throw it as far as you can. I mean, Cook has yeah, a really just, good arm. Just
2: play jackpot out there. And just throw it up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. One hundred.
3: <laughs> Cook has a great arm, and he actually takes chances and throws it. So we'll really see, because Maxwell plays it safe, and Cook doesn't. So we'll see which one gets the job done
4: all right Mr. Brown here's the point that I elated to earlier okay when you say that you have three quarterbacks three potential quarterbacks you literally have none we've seen this in Detroit my friend and we talked about this when there was Dan Orlovsky Dante Culpepper and I don't know I think it was like someone else on the team like oh yeah anybody could start at that who was it Stanton was it Stanton yeah how did I forget about Stanton I feel like a jerk right now yes Stanton So, like, but at the time they were saying, "Oh, we could start all three. We can start all three guys." No, you can't. You don't have a single quarterback. You just say that because you're trying to save face.
1: And at this,
2: you know, you you may have more than one guy who's capable of doing the job, but you know, the message that you're sending to your team by saying that we have three guys is that you're not confident in any of them. And, you know, I think, you know, what, especially for the Spartans now, you know, the Lions back in that era, that was a different story. But right now for the Spartans, coming off a mediocre year where they, you know, barely made a bowl. Right now they need, they need Dan Antonio to come out and say, he's my guy. You know, and no matter who it is, whether it's Maxwell or whether it's Cook, and just say, I'm sticking with him, he's my guy. Because, you know, when you have an inexperienced receiving core, and that's going to instill confidence in them that they have the guy who is going to lead them to a better season
4: that's some very good insight right there mr brown i like that but we have to Thank take you. another caller but hey thanks for calling my friend we'll Thank talk you to you guys. soon i appreciate it yeah no problem
3: hello spartan sports rep who are we speaking with hey
1: what's up my name is landon hi hey, landon how's it going man it's going extremely well i'm just leaving campus right now i work right on campus
3: <laughs> where do you uh, work at
1: uh i work at verizon actually right on uh, grand river
3: Oh, I just got my phone fixed there like a week ago. I'm a sprint
4: oh, customer nice. by myself, We're Landon. Weird. I'm sorry.
3: Verizons America's Leading Network. Come on.
4: I'm sorry. Yes,
1: ma'am. Alright, well either way, we'll get to the point. Basically what I wanted to do is just call in regarding to the in regards to the quarterback situation, you know. Yes. Um, you know, it is a hard a hard line to draw as a coach. Um, especially for such a role like a quarterback. Um, the difficult line also lies where you know, it's like you have two guys fighting for the decision. The quarterback is such an integral position um, on a football team where you need to have that stability. Now, it's very difficult to run an offense or to run a team where you're not sure who the quarterback's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the more difficult thing, you know, is making that decision. But either way, in my personal opinion, I know I'm kind of rambling. I'm driving, but no, um, please ramble <laughs> on. My, I like in it. In my personal opinion, I really think you should give the other guy a chance. You know, Maxwell is a tremendous athlete. Don't get me wrong. Not only was he a great quarterback in high school, but he was a scholar athlete too. He had a great grade point average. He was a very talented person. Um, the problem lies where you know, especially with a quarterback, you need somebody who's going to get the job done.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: when it came down to it during the season, Maxwell struggled. And you know that it is hard to come in as a freshman, so on and so forth. But at the same time, the bowl game—look at second-string guy he comes in, does extremely well. You know, he he really rises to the occasion, you know, and so that's the problem that I see with Maxwell. It's just hard because he had a season to get used to it, but he just really didn't produce when it came down to it, you know
4: yeah I hear you Landon but like what do you think of giving him another shot at the beginning of the year for instance like he's had another off season season under his belt he's uh, obviously like you said he was a freshman last year he's coming in as another year uh, under D'Antonio's system and there there could be a chance that he could come out guns a and have a great start to the season but it's Definitely. It's, it's all the unknown that is bothering us Spartan fans is because we don't know we don't know how he's going to do there's a chance There's it's 50-50 at this time
1: exactly and you know for the fans it's a struggle and it's hard but you know what for the players it's ten times harder because this is your guy that you need to lean on this is your guy that needs to produce and lead you into battle um you know and to answer your question I don't really know I wouldn't want to be D'Antonio right now because it is a hard line to draw it's very hard to decide you know this guy could do great but you know you want to go into the season with a sense of stability it's very hard just like you guys are talking about the Lions and everything like that, it's hard to juggle guys when neither of them have had a, a ton of experience. So, you know, at the end of the day, my opinion—I don't really know either. But it is important, you know, just to just to know that when it comes down to it, you need a guy that's going to produce. You know,
3: so oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Anyway, but... I won't waste any more of your time. I just kind of No, that, hey,
4: man, know. thank you so much. You. Even though it is your opinion, it still matters. And thank you so much for calling in, buddy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, go Spartans, man! Uh, go Spartans, go green.
2: All right, peace,
3: so peace. Talking, <laughs> carrying on with this football theme. Um, the Spartans just had their first jersey scrimmage, and where the defense won, um, twenty-eight to twenty-two. So talking about their defense, they do have great defense, but that is insane.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, the defense is going to be good. We just talked about the fact that they were number four last year. I'm I'm sorry, I sound like a broken record, but they're number four last year in the nation in total defense, and they're returning seven starters. I mean, they're going to get it done defensively. But the main question remains: is their offense like the (laughs) quarterback? The quarterback situation is going to be tough one to figure out, and obviously. The, the receivers we're having some technical difficulty <laughs> in the studios so sorry
3: hope you guys like that little dial tone that was perfect everybody who's listening please pay
4: attention to the please don't pay attention to the dial tone we're oh it's gone it's gone <laughs> But anyways, the the quarterback position is going to be a tough one to figure out for D'Antonio because obviously it's going to be tough. But the receivers, the linemen we were relating to earlier, um, young linemen, young receivers, receivers that are going to be consistent and can stretch the field and can make those big plays, and people that are going to be dependable on the outside. And we also lost our big tight end last year, too, in the draft. So there's a lot of holes offensively that they have to they have to fix. So
3: That is true, but I mean... That's in one opinion. Um, Jerry DeNardo, the BTN college football analyst, went to the um, the Jersey scrimmage and he said, "I saw the best group of linebackers we've seen, and today was their fifth stop. They're just making their rounds to all the Big Ten schools watching their scrimmages." But that really says something for the Spartans, for him to say that. Like the best they, group of linebackers. The best group of linebackers.
4: I mean, they do have some talent there, and they got experience too. I mean, the defense is going to be there. Like the safeties, the secondary, the defensive line is going to be young, but at the same time, they're going to be big up front, and they're going to be fast, and they're going to be strong, and they're going to get the job done. And uh, the linebackers, like you said, like Max, he's going to get it done. He's he's obviously he's uh, Allen, for, yep. Allen, yeah, Domingos
3: so Allen. Yes, they're all all mm-hmm. in it. And Grisky and
4: Butkus Award, uh, I think in uh, potential potential for him.
3: <laughs> what?
4: <laughs> 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 he he's on the award list for several different defensive awards. Yeah, <laughs> that's yes. what I was trying to say, but I stumbled over my words. I'm so sorry.
3: Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, Denard is in line for All American right now, and he's on the award watch list too. So, just a bunch of Spartans really getting out there and getting it done. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But Our wrapping up is
4: too. Just to let you know. <laughs> just to let you know he's on the award list as well.
3: Good for him. <laughs> wrapping up. Um, D'Antonio had this really, really, really unique motto for um this season's camp it was called eat the frog
4: eat the frog yes
3: eat the frog he was talking about it at his press conference and um he got the idea from a book that his friend gave him called can't bring a duck to eagle school and basically what eat the frog means in this case is whatever big things you have in your day do them as soon as you get up like get them done and out of the way and allow the day to move forward from there just because that's what he wants the Spartans to do. He wants like, them to get out there and get them done to begin with. They can't have any games where it comes down to the last seconds where they lose it. Like they need to get out there and eat the frog and literally <laughs> get it done to begin with and get that head start, and then they don't have to worry about trying to play catch-up at the end, because seven to six record right now, like they really, they need to stop putting little inches in between and just get out there and get it done.
4: And as long as they keep that motto and that mentality in their mind, they're going to do good. I really think they're going to have a better year this year. I oh, really do.
3: Well, only time will tell. But thank you for listening to the Spartan Sports Rap. I'm Bree Harvey alongside Derek. And get out there and eat the frog, listeners.
0: You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Rap on Impact Exposure. Tune
3: in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
0: Here and only here on Impact 89FM.